there's one major thing that many suspects or killers don't account for, and that's DNA, or they think that they'll never be caught. But DNA is fast becoming a problem for the suspects who thought that their deep, dark secrets were held as secrets, even decade-long secrets. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But with every year that passes, science is improving, making strides in exposing the truth and catching killers. For 59-year-old Rex Hewerman from New York, his freedom has been threatened by remnants of a piece of comfort food, something New York is known for, and a simple quick swipe of his mouth. And now the opportunities for allegedly fulfilling his sick fantasies to kill are no longer available. I'm Linda with It's a Crime. If you're passionate about justice, the details, and being part of a compassionate community, hop on board and subscribe. So now, let's get into it. Rex Heuerman was arrested on July 13th of 2023. He was charged with the murders of three out of four women dubbed the Gilgo Four, and authorities are hopeful that there will be a fourth charge sooner than later. Authorities are also expanding their search in other states, looking for links and clues that lead right back to Rex. These women's bodies were found back in 2010, thrown like garbage along Gilgo Beach and wrapped in burlap. They were all sex workers. Now, DNA evidence was found on these women hair strands in the burlap. These were key pieces in the investigation. These strands trace back to two people, Rex Heuerman and his wife, Asa Ellerup. Authorities have said that they believe that the wife's involvement, though, of her hair is from transfer of some sort. And in fact, she was away on trips in each time frame of these murders. But a lawyer representing two other Gilgo victims has something very different to say about it. His name is John Ray, and he claims that there is evidence to suggest that Rex's wife was not only aware of what was going on, but she was complicit in the murders of at least three of the victims. He said she should be considered a suspect and not just a bystander or someone who's been victimized by her husband. She is complicit in her husband's solicitation and use of sex workers in his home over the course of the years. Now, he says that it's nonsense that she didn't know what was going on in the house and that while she was upstairs, Rex would be downstairs having sex with these women and spent an enormous amount of money on them and that it was something that was regularly happening. He goes on to say that he has a witness that he's interviewed for hours and hours and said that Mrs. Ellerup is conning the public right now. But remember, the authorities are saying she was gone at the time of these murders, and they just said it's simply transfer. And this attorney is saying that well, this attorney isn't saying that she's killed anyone, only that she knew what he was doing in the house with these prostitutes and that she was there while it was happening. So Mrs. Ellerup's attorney is 
saying that he's just trying to keep himself relevant in the case and that there isn't a mystery witness. Now there's a current GoFundMe going on which has already hit at $50,000 at the time of this recording and now the amount has been raised to $100,000. This GoFundMe was kicked off by the daughter of the happy face killer. This money is said to help pay for Asa's repairs to the home from the search warrant and also to pay for her cancer treatments and any costs for her divorce. She filed for divorce soon after Rex was arrested. And the daughter of the happy face killer was blasting the lawyer about him saying that she is to be looked at as an accomplice and the daughter says that she is 100% not an accomplice. When the hair strands were found on the bodies and first tested back in 2010, the results weren't what the investigators were hoping for. They would have to wait. And with improved technology, which took some time over a decade later worth of time, that's when the hairs were retested and because of advanced methods, they were able to gain results. In July of 2022, there were 11 bottles collected from a garbage can outside Rex's home, and it was then sent for DNA testing, something that's called mitochondrial testing, which we'll get into that in a moment. But these bottles were tested against the previous hair samples. They found a match with Rex's wife against those hair samples. And as I said, the authorities believe it was transferred from Rex's clothing. She has not been charged. Now, an interesting fact was there was only one detective assigned to this case and a 30-year-old veteran of the New York Police Department created a task force to investigate these Gilgo Beach murders after learning that there was only one detective. He said after he found out about this, he knew it wasn't going to be solved this way, especially if this one detective has other cases. So there were obstacles though in getting the FBI involved, but a task force was formed. And the authorities have more work to do because there weren't just four bodies that were found in the area, there were at least 11 bodies that have been found in that area, mostly women, but also a man who was found dressed as a woman and a toddler was also found. Now the authorities are trying to figure out if these were all the work of one killer or was it more? And that's what they are working on to determine. In the months leading to Rex's arrest, police were surveilling him and stated that he was engaging in disturbing activity. Now what that is, we don't exactly know, but in court documents, it talked about two additional burner phones that were used extensively in the last few years from 2021 to 2023 for prostitution related contacts with either sex workers or massage parlors. And there was evidence of Rex using these types of burner phones before um, these murders that he's charged for happened. And these recent burner phones had cell activity around the area of Massapequa Park where it, Rex actually lived and also Midtown Manhattan where he worked, much like the activity over a decade ago around the murders. So perhaps there are more or with the burner phones plus his online activity and searches, he was prepping for more victims. If there aren't more already that we don't know about in the recent years. And was Asa planning on going on any summer trips is the question. Rex was identified as a suspect way back in March of 2022 and was surveilled in what was said a host of different ways until his July 13th arrest. Now let's get into the DNA findings and that pizza crust. The FBI team had to figure out a way how to get their hands on evidence that they can DNA test. And in the new year of 2023, they did just that. They recovered pizza crust and a napkin that was thrown in the garbage from the office belonging to Rex. They tested it and it was a match. It belonged to him. Now this is where authorities said it went from reasonable suspicion to probable cause. Now just imagine at that moment 
you know, working on this case, hoping to get answers and justice for numerous people, and boom, there's a match. On March 23rd of 2023, a swab was sent to the lab from the Pizza Crest, and then on or about April 28th, a detective hand-delivered a portion of male hair to the lab for testing. On or about June 12th, the lab was able to determine the mitochondrial DNA from the pizza and from the hair. And they are the same, which excludes 99.96% of the North American population. And according to court records, it states, based on the foregoing, while 99.96% of the North American population can be excluded from the male hair on Waterman, who's the name of one of the victims, it is significant that defendant Hewerman cannot be excluded from the male hair recovered near the bottom of the burlap, utilized to restrain and transport Megan Waterman's naked and deceased body. Now remember, in three of the cases, Rex's wife, her hair was also on or um, around the victims. Now that we've delved into the crucial DNA findings, let's shift our focus though to the legal battle first and the perspectives of the defense. Because now in court recently, the prosecution requested a DNA swab from Rex so they can compare the direct DNA test to the pizza crust and the napkin. And the defense argues that the prosecution didn't establish enough probable cause to arrest their client and the defense wanted to block the DNA sample, which is quite hilarious in my opinion about both the probable cause and the pizza and the napkin. The defense filing says the people essentially concede they have no evidence establishing the defendant Rex A. Hurman actually ever came in contact with the pizza crust or the used napkin found in a discarded pizza box. The people acknowledge that presently they can state nothing more than Rex A. Hurman is purported to have used or touched those items. Well, DNA is showing otherwise, right? Otherwise, how did they obtain it? How did they get that DNA match? Obviously though, once Rex is swabbed directly and tested and it comes back, there's a large likelihood, which probably will be a match. More on that in a minute, hang on to that thought, because while these tests are getting more and more advanced, there's still a long way to go in the court process with the testing and accepting these tests. DNA is only one tool in the process. The judge though, he made a decision that ordered Rex to submit a swab of his DNA. He'll do that through a buckle swab, which is just a swab of the cheek and it's easy, it's quick. It's not a mystery though why the defense is pushing against having it done. Now let's go back to the testing of the pizza. It's called mitochondrial DNA testing. It is a specialized technique that is used to analyze a specific type of DNA and that is DNA that's inherited from the mother. Nuclear DNA is a mix of both maternal and paternal DNA, but mitochondrial is passed down exclusively from the mother to her children. Where it is particularly useful is when traditional DNA analysis might not yield results or when wanting to trace maternal ancestry. So where does this come into play with the pizza crust and the napkin? First comes the sample collection. The authorities collected the pizza crust and napkin carefully to avoid contamination. Next is the isolation of DNA. It then goes through a lab process to extract the DNA. In mitochondrial DNA testing, researchers focus on specific areas that contain genetic information. With the nuclear testing, it analyzes a wider range of genetic material. It then goes through a process called amplification. Mitochondrial DNA is present in very, very small quantities, so it needs to be amplified or copied to get enough material for analysis. It's then sequenced, which just means reading the genetic 
genetic code that's present in that DNA. Then it's compared from the pizza and napkin samples to a reference sequence. That can come in the form of a family member and their DNA or a database is then analyzed. And if there are differences between the suspect sequence and the reference, analysts can take a look at that and see similarities or dissimilarity. What mitochondrial DNA testing can do is confirm maternal relationships and determine if individuals share a common maternal ancestor. If the suspect's mitochondrial DNA closely matches a known reference sequence, it suggests a maternal relationship with that individual. So if we take Rex as an example, without the DNA from the hair, just the pizza and the napkin, they'd get the results, they'd use genetic genealogy and start to create a family tree. They have a list of matches that matches to that DNA profile. So cousins, distant cousins and close, if they're lucky, they would get a sibling or an aunt or uncle, you get the idea. The genealogist would go through historical records, they'd go through public records and DNA matches and then keep narrowing it down. So now they would learn that these ancestors in the maternal line is matched to whoever ate the pizza crust. So who's the pizza crust guy, right? Then they take the hairs and now they know that the hair is matched to also the pizza and the napkin. Okay, so they're getting closer. Now you see why the defense doesn't want that buckle swab, right? It's a triple threat. So hypothetically, if we take the hair and the pizza DNA and now it doesn't match Rex, it could be a few things. It could be a match to a relative of Rex, just not Rex, or it's not Rex at all, or it's Rex. The defense wrote, should the defendant's DNA from the cheek swab not match the DNA profile from the pizza crust and napkin submitted for Rex Hewerman, the defense would be presented with a potential trial defense. Thus, there is a clear indication that material and relevant evidence will be found and is crucial for trial. Now, authorities are looking in Las Vegas and they're trying to see if there are connections between Rex and those who were murdered. Rex owned two timeshares in Las Vegas and he owned them in 2004 until he sold them in 2013 and then there was a second one which he still owns with his wife and he bought in 2005 and these murders occurred between that 2003-2005 time. So we're going to see what happens in the DNA as that's going to be tested and see if it comes back to Rex. DNA can be a fascinating aspect whether one is searching for their family member or searching for a murder. More and more crimes are being solved 20 to 30 years later going back and doing that DNA work on it. Creating trees where necessary and connecting those dots. DNA doesn't lie. Two years ago I did some sleuthing and connecting a cousin of mine who was adopted and I found connections to her and I found her biological father and turned out that we share the same great-grandfather just by reverse engineering the connection. DNA doesn't lie, people do. What do you find fascinating about the exploration of DNA in this case? Let me know below. Check out the playlist right here on the case. There's always more coming. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video.